Welcome to In Case You Get Hit by a Podcast. This week, we're talking about trusts. So you can understand what they are and what they do once and for all. Now, Abby, most people, they can wrap their heads around a will, medical directives, and all different types of insurance. But when the topic of trust is presented, it sometimes gets overly complicated and confusing. Do you find that to be an issue that we deal with sometimes? I feel like you're making fun of me, Jean, and it's not fair. I've been very open and honest about the fact that I've talked about this all on our book tour, that trusts are really confusing and I'm still a bit confused by them. So I'm actually, I've been kind of looking forward to today because I am trying, I'm trying my best to really, really, really understand this. And Abby, this is why I spent so much time crafting and trying to figure out how, if I can get this through to you. Finally, I know every one of our listeners will be like, got it. Exactly. So to start with, everything in life worth accessing has barriers. Now, it could be a key, password, combination, ID to prove who you say you are. Even when we've talked about wills, like a will has to go through probate court to prove that it actually came from that person, that it's valid. So a trust is just another barrier you set up for the assets you want to protect or give to people and have some specific rules or conditions in place. And Abby, you're not alone. It's complicated. And none of us, being non-financial professionals or estate attorneys, understand all the ins and outs, but that's the case with almost every contract. You know, you agree to terms and conditions without once you use an app, you don't really go through all those details. So it's similar like that. So since a trust is more involved, you want to talk with an estate attorney or financial advisor to make sure it's done correctly. But you should have some working knowledge so you're not completely in the dark. And that's what this is. Okay. But sorry, we're already we're already kind of off track in my brain. Nice. Let's what? do it. <laughs> what is a trust? What is a trust? I, I don't want to talk about barriers. Like what what is a trust? What is the trust? It's a it's a why account. do you need one? It's a financial that's what we're gonna go through step by step. And you know what we're gonna do, Abby? We're gonna start with living trusts, which as we, as, as you're going to come to understand them, there's something you set up right now and they go in effect right now. So if you wanted to set something up today that would benefit you, that's what you're going to do. Now, I want you in your mind, ready? In your mind, every listener to picture two cardboard boxes and one has the word revocable written on it in marker and the other says irrevocable. Those are the two types of trusts. Okay. Now, the first step, you're going to gather up Wait, all the assets. Sorry, rev- revocable and yes. irrevocable are the two types of living yes. trusts. They're, they're the two types of trust. And as we talk about living trust, most people refer to them as living trust. But there's also things like trust funds and things we're not going to get into. But when you think of those two words, I mean, you think, you know, revocable or revocable, if someone wants to say it, it's something that you could change. And irrevocable, even though it sounds fancier, means you can't change it much. And those two cardboard boxes are sitting there. Now, what you're going to want to do is you gather up all your assets because all this involves is assets, cash, property, like your home or vehicles, investment accounts, anything valuable you want to protect. If you have a business, you could put it in there. And then you have to choose a box. And this is the part where you might say, well, which do I choose? What's the difference between these two boxes? Now, the revocable box, it is always open and available for you to put stuff in and take stuff out whenever you want. You set up rules. The main 
benefit is you set up rules for how the stuff in that box should be distributed if you become mentally incompetent or you pass away. So you put these instructions in that box. Now the instructions, think of it like you put a packing slip in there. Now this guides the trustee or trustees, you can name more, and those are the people that are responsible for following those instructions. And once something happens to you, the instructions on that piece of paper, they kick in and the trustee follows them so the assets get to the right people and that would be your beneficiaries. Are you with me on this? Right. I feel like I feel like the way that I've I've been trying to explain this to myself is trusts are like they're almost like mini businesses that mm-hmm. you set up for your family um and and you control the rules yep. that um you know that that the business has that's so, that's a great way to think of it abby because it's true you when you want some control over it and we get into the difference between when people talk about wills versus trusts you'll see that this does give you some control over what you have and how things might be distributed or spent whereas like an irrevocable box if you choose that you load it up with the same assets once you put the items in there you put the instructions in there it is sealed and those assets are no longer yours the stuff in that box is fully managed by trustees and there is nothing you could do about it so once you do that it's in there i i feel like part of the the problem that trusts have is that you can't even you can't even pronounce i don't even know how to pronounce is it irrevocable or irrevocable, irrevocable. Uh, versus revocable or revocable. Like you can't, I don't even, I don't even know <laughs> how to talk you're, about drugs. You're getting, you're getting hung up on the semantics and that's totally true because it makes it sound fancy. That's the thing. Yeah. All this stuff sounds so fancy and complicated. It, it does sound really fancy and complicated. And, and, um, and, and frankly, right. You're only, you're only creating trusts if you do have uh, assets and if you do have a complex estate. Yeah. And, and a lot of people might ask, like, what does put your assets in a trust mean? Because you think like physically I'm talking about a box and it just means you sign over your accounts or property. So it's no longer in your name. So what would happen is instead of it being in Abby's bank account, you'd create Abby's trust. So now everything, instead of on the deed to your home, it's saying Abby, your name, it would say Abby's trust. So everything that you'd want to be in there has to be retitled as they say, or renamed so it's no longer you, but it's the trust. Now with a revocable one or revocable, you are it's still your stuff. Nothing really changes. You're putting on your tax returns, you're dealing with everything. Irre, you know, irrevocable is the one where it gets a lot more complicated and it's probably something that most people, especially around our ages and our situations wouldn't wouldn't create. But that's all it means when you say put it in the trust and later at the very end you'll realize why that's so important. Well, what, but so to explain why people need it. Yeah. So, I mean, the majority of people benefit from a revocable living trust because it has the most benefits if you suffer incapacitation or, or die. And it's not hard to manage the trust. The stuff in the trust is still yours. You name yourself as a trustee. You can make changes as you want. So if you want to, you want to cut someone out, you want to say, okay, I want to put more money towards this charity. Or I want to put more towards that. You could do whatever you want and that's it. And then you name a successor trustee because obviously after you're gone, someone else needs to manage it. But if you suffer a cognitive decline, anything in that trust could be managed by the successor trustee and it could pass to beneficiaries with ease. Right. But is the so is the is the upside here that it allows 
your family um, to skip probate. Mm-hmm. That's 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 why of, people do this. Yeah, and I mean, probate. You know, it could take. I mean, on average, the the easiest ones like three to six months, but it could take even longer. It depends how long the courts are backed up. It depends if people can test it. If there's questions, if there's debts, if there's creditors, if there's medical bills, and if you don't have a trust. Most likely your assets are all frozen and the family has to wait until those court proceedings are finished or even longer sometimes until they can access those accounts or sell the property. And here's another fun thing. Like, so let's say Abby, I'm like, okay, I'm leaving you $50,000 and I put it in my will. Now you could wait for a year to get that money. It has to go through all these things. Maybe if I have a lot of debts, they're going to take money out of that. So it won't be 50,000. It'll be $20,000. If it's already in the trust waiting there and it's set up, then the trustee can validate it and send it along right away because it's not playing by the rules of the court. It's playing by the rules you already established well before you died. And also there's privacy. So no one will know that I gave you that $50,000. They'll just know that, oh, if even if they said that he had this much money and it went into a trust, they're just going to say, okay, well, how it's doled out never gets reported. And that's one of the big issues. That's one of the big benefits. So no one can really say, oh, you got this much or that much. It's all up to the trustees to kind of keep it secret. Right. Right. Okay. Starting to make sense. Starting, starting to make sense. And also let's say I gave you that 50,000. I'm like, Abby, this has to be used for your kid's education. And you say, okay, Gene, sounds great. And then you get the $50,000 check and you just run off and you're like, I'm going to Vegas in a trust it could actually be set up where it says this has to be used that way. And for you to even access the money, it would have to write checks to a university or some educational institution. So you can't just take the money and do whatever you want with it. So it puts it in place for those types of things, which a lot of people, if they're honorable, you'll say, okay, I'd spend it for those kids anyway. But other people might say, well, we're behind on our mortgage. So I'm going to put it towards the house and the kids are just going to go to a school that they can't afford. They, they're going to rack up a lot of debts or not be able to choose the education they want. And this way it kind of puts those in place so someone can have some kind of control and force a person to use it the way that they see fit so it's not used. And this is very beneficial if you're dealing with people who aren't good with money. And as we know, there's many, many people who are not very good with money. Our lives are too busy to manage everything that needs managing. All of our IDs, important documents, important insurance policies, health and financial details, important contacts, information about your kids, pets. Where can you put everything in one safe and easy to manage place? In Everplans. Our app guides you through all the stuff you need to get organized and helps you keep it that way. No more fumbling around through emails, texts, and other apps to find what you need when you need it. It's all in your Everplan. Download the free iOS app today or learn more at everplans.com. Okay. So, and now talk about the uh, revocable trust. Yeah. That, now, this is for people usually, if, if we're dealing with, there's two types. If you're de- Let's talk about first with people with more wealth. And that's one of the main things. And that box, we said it's sealed. Those assets aren't yours. They belong to the trust and are managed by trustees. And they cannot be you. And how it benefits wealthy people. If you have extra cash, investments account, investment accounts, property, you could put it in there and not have to worry about them being affected by lawsuits, bill collectors, or estate taxes, especially if it's over a certain threshold, which is usually in the the, the, the millions. But you don't have to worry because it's not part of your estate. And the trust can have stipulations where you pay for things like mortgage, health expenses, insurance deductibles. 
But again, it, it must abide by the rules of that trust. And you can't change it because your situation changes. And that's where people can get a little uncomfortable saying, well, what happens if I hit hard times? To break a trust is very, very complicated. Plus, you know, taxes still need to be paid on gains in the trust. So you have to have people manage it. They have to file tax returns because this is legitimately, like you said, having a separate business that needs to be managed properly. And if you do screw it up, you're going to want to need attorneys and financial advisors to make sure you keep it on track because this is where you can get tripped up. And for an average person, it's probably too much for them to deal with. And, but this is also when you find out a lot of times when celebrities, when really wealthy people die, you know, they don't have a trust. We hear all the details. We get to follow it all. They do. You just hear, Oh, look, this person had a trust. I wonder what happened. We could speculate, but we won't know. But again, if you're thinking of setting up one for that reason, then you really need to talk to an estate attorney or financial advisor because really you can afford it. A hundred percent. I mean, we, we, and we should be very clear that uh, people, you should talk to a, a, an estate attorney or a financial advisor and learn more because they're the experts and they can help. They can help people figure out. I, um, yeah. I, I know that we, we really enjoy breaking things down for people, but we're not the experts. Yeah. We're not. We, well, maybe we, we are, but we, we're we're experts, but we're not the experts in that sense. We're the experts at helping you understand and ask the right questions, and that that that's something that happens often where people assume that they'll talk to someone, and maybe someone will say, you know, you don't need one like that because there's other types that you could have, and the other part of irrevocable that people might use that's more realistic is when people want to qualify for benefits, but they have too much money. And it doesn't mean you're rich. It just means you don't hit that threshold to get Medicaid. And in the past, people might say, I'm going to just spend all this money down. I'm going to take it out, put it in my mattress. Rather than spend it down uh, and you want to leave an inheritance, this is a very legitimate way where you put the money in a place like that. You put it in a, a trust. It's no longer your asset. And that way you could qualify for those benefits and still leave an inheritance because a lot of people, they want to leave something behind and they don't want to just throw it away. Or maybe they don't want to give it to that person today. Maybe they'll say, look, I'm going to put this money in there. This is yours. I can't touch it. But if I need any help in the interim, maybe you could help pay for it on the side out of your accounts. And then knowing that this money's waiting for you when you're going to need it. And then I know there's there there are other types of trusts too. Mm-hmm. There's something called a testamentary trust, right? Yep. Which which is typically um, bundled together with a will. Can you talk about yes. that? And this is the type that again, if 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 you were really looking into doing one type, this is really an incredibly basic one. When people are creating a will, when you die, your assets still go through probate. You know, everyone's going to know what you had. The creditors get paid off, taxes, whatever. But when everything is accounted for, the rest is distributed according to the rules of this testamentary trust. So think of all those assets passing through court and now ending up in this trust. So you don't have to write out the instructions in your will for everyone to see, but this way it'll be very similar to having a revocable trust throughout your life where the assets are waiting in there and now they're distributed. So again, I'm not saying, Abby, I'm giving you $10,000. It's like you knew that I had 10000 It went into this trust. Now, all of a sudden, the trustees step in and say, okay, according to his trust, and it's not. Because wills become public record, and that's an issue for some people to say. And so why, but why would somebody choose this trust over one of the other ones? A lot of times, it's very easy. When you're doing your will, and you say it's, a, it's simple, I don't want to put the instructions and lay it out in the will. I want to have a little more privacy there. 
The only issue is if you ever want to change it, then you're going to have to change your will because since they're connected, it, it won't work that way. So you'll want to make sure that it's, it's uh, always up to date. And most people, when they do it, they're not going in there that often and changing it, but just to be safe, you know, having it that way. And there's a possibility that assets could be outside of the trust that will have to go through probate and you could manage them by saying any of this stuff goes wherever you want it to. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, thank you. Thanks for breaking it down. I have to say, I understand it a bit, but I just still find it overwhelming. I think it's confusing. I think a lot, I mean, maybe, but maybe that's fine. Maybe it's just, it, you need to talk to an attorney yep. um, and, and, and that's who is going to really help put a trust together for you mm -hmm. um, or do it through an online service. But um, I think it's okay. It's, I think it's okay that it's, that it's complex. Yeah. It's doing, it's right. I mean, so I'm not going to be afraid of the fact that it's complex, but it's, um, but I, I do think it's, it's important for people to understand what they are so that they can figure out if it's something that can benefit them. Yeah. And, and a lot of times you figure how complex are taxes, how complex are investment portfolios when you're dealing with it. A lot of that stuff is very, it can be very complex or confusing and people could lose a lot of money on it if they're not up to date. And that's why people usually hire someone. A lot of people might use robo investors. But one of the things that we also get asked is, okay, do I need a will or a trust? Like an, it's an either or thing. And it's not an either or scenario because a will is easier and more straightforward to create. Like we could right after this podcast, we could go online, take 20 minutes, get one for even free, but it takes time and money for your assets to get to their final destination. A trust is more complex to set up, manage and fund but it makes it much easier on your beneficiaries when you're gone. So it's either do a little work now and have them do a lot of work later, or you do a bunch of work now and they have to do very little work later. And in some states, when you talk to an estate attorney, they'll say, okay, in this state, you want to have that because our court system is much different. Not every state acts the exact same way. And that's why in some states, people say, if you don't have a trust, you're setting your family up for, for hell because they're going to have to spend a lot on attorneys. They're going to have to spend a lot of their time and a lot of the money that maybe should be going someplace will end up going to those fees and to the courts and to other places. Right. But, but also uh, wills account for things like guardianship and having underage kids or special needs adults, as well as um, naming an executor who has to settle your affairs, who can close and, and, um, and deal with your accounts. And so those, things are outside of, of dealing with assets um, that you're setting up a trust for, right? Correct. Because a trust only deals with assets. And it brings up one of the most important points. Anything you don't put in either of those boxes won't be included in your trust. And it's still up. It's still your property. It's subject to taxes, fees, creditors, and has to go through the courts. So if you set up a trust and you have to retitle those assets and put them in the trust, or else you can go through all this trouble and expense for nothing. It's kind of like opening up a lock safe, expecting loads of treasure only to find it's completely empty. And that's one of the things that I've heard from estate An attorneys. Empty trust. It, it, people say they'll set it up <laughs> and they never, they never change any title. So they're like, we did all this work for you and your house is still under your name and your car is still under your name and all these bank accounts are still under your name. So if you don't actually fund it, that's what putting the assets in and it's empty. It could be there, but it's just completely pointless in that mm -hmm. sense. Thank you, Jean. Thank you so much for, for doing this and for walking us through it. 
Um, we trust that you had a good time and hopefully learned something on today's podcast. And we want to hear from you. Send us thoughts, questions, things you'd like to hear more about, things you want Jean to break down. And, and stories you want to hear from Abby too, because she's got the best stories. And don't forget to rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I don't have any good stories about trusts. <laughs> you will. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Later. Later.